So this is the end of the three-month retreat. And so I feel moved to both uh, express my appreciation of the retreat to all the Sangha for the presence and uh, good company. Yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily you know, company that manifests in terms of action or speech, although that's happening, but company that manifests in terms of in terms of mind, heart, you know, the steadiness, the aspirations, the commitments, the willingness, the listening. And uh, I, I don't know if you really get this or sense this, but, you know, I can, I, I, when you touch it, you really, you really feel it. You know, you kind of sensitize to it, you can feel the presence, certain, there's a nobility to it. And it's uh, yeah, it's kind of a level just beneath the person. Or you know, you've got a kind of chirping personality, chirping, fluttering, doing its thing, you know. And then we can all recognise we kind of can open or drop or feel something feels me like dropping into sometimes it's rising into something rather larger, uh, which uh, is quieter. Um, wider, feels wider, it listens a lot more, it's more sensitive, realm of chitta, kind of meditative movement is often from the the activity of our uh, trying to be and do and make and have things happen into something that's much more reflective, receptive, sensitive. Mm. And uh, when we make that movement, begin to make that movement, we, it's a place where we can begin to you know, hear us, hear this person, or accept this person, or uh, get some perspective on this person, on his personal life. We begin to meet ourselves, you know, often the struggle is meeting oneself without regret or distaste, you know, panicking, agitated, compulsive habits that there are, structuring that we've been conditioned into, and to meet that without regret or without uh, addiction, without belief, and yet to meet that so sense of how common it is for people to have this sense of, you know, dislike or distaste for the for themselves. What that what that means, what themselves means, is this: the structure, the conditioning structure of the habits, the thoughts, the energies, the um, particular bits of emotional storyline. You know, here I go again, being me, getting upset, getting wound up. You know, grumpy, whatever it is. The reactions, these conditioned, so only by structures, these conditioned habits. Yeah, no, no. So we can come out of that. We, you know, we struggle to come out of that, to come to something larger. Um, you know, and yet also a practice is about meeting that to, to heal that. You know, because I think what we all recognize and what begins to be very apparent 
in, particularly when we're coming out of retreat, is we're going to come back to ourselves. You know, we're going to be ourselves. You know, something asks us to be a person, you know, to be finite, to be uh, to have structures, to be a person with opinions, um, a person with thoughts. And uh, if uh, you know, a meditation is just aimed at, at not being a person, well, that's all well and good, you know, as far as it goes. But then, you know, does this mean the whole level of being a person is then remains unaddressed? So we go back to being all those habits and structures, you know, uh, and create generating karma. At least for other people, if not for ourselves. So it seems very important to understand this this uh, conditioned conventional person to be able to relate to that, as I imagine we all do in a, a meditative experience. And then, then, as we come more into being that, how do we? keep the practice going you get a feeling sometimes you know coming out of retreat perhaps feeling slightly even slightly excited and eager oh yeah we can you know get out of that sense of just sitting here doing nothing or you know, act uh, you know, to be quiet silent you know just be more go out and do things and be myself again be kind of nice wouldn't it and then bam you know Everybody's being themselves again. <laughs> Crash. <laughs> you know, and then three days later, oh, oh you know, how it uh, snarl up because uh, it's quite a, it's a process that, you know, to be oneself, to come back into being a self, being a person, that one should uh, um, develop skill around. Uh, and be able to hold in perspective so we don't lose the larger picture or we're not anybody we're just uh, you know the calendar's operating and you're in a place where it's just like that and it's silent or it's some movements and thoughts but you're not actually engaging in them anymore Um, how you move from that into well I've got to pick this up and engage with it it may be impermanent, but right now I've got to act upon it. And how we, we can do that without um, something too fast, you know. It seems to me often the movement is too fast when something snaps into. You know, you rather, wait a minute. Feel the energy of that movement into being something. Is it coming from you know, fear? Um, you know, get something going, hurry up, or uh, excitement, yeah, you know, or even aversion, defend, stop. You know. So we, we become something very rapidly, and it, it, it and everything speeds up. And it can happen, you know, in a in two or three words, the whole thing can just fly up, and then one is in there, you know, being somebody, back in the act, rolling, spinning. And, and losing touch with the wider wider sense of, of being. 
So this is what we call the level of self, you know. And the wider sense you call that, this is the plane of becoming. Yeah, which is, in a way has all the potential for forms to arise within it. So when we open up into that, we can feel the energies of the body. We can feel the quality of heart, you know, whether it's bright or dull, or we can feel the kind of uh, uh, movement into thought. And maybe in meditation, this is where we, uh, a lot of us, start to rest and even begin to drop below that into something that's still deeper and more still so you get these different levels that one moves into sometimes rapidly, sometimes chaotically sometimes it takes quite a bit particular bits of my self you know, they, they, they hold on quite a lot, it takes quite a lot to actually unravel that and drop, like what feels to me often like dropping into something bigger oh it's just a thought Okay, it's by no means an intellectual process is it you can't reason yourself out of it you can't analyse yourself out of it you have to feel yourself out of it you have to be there in the tightness or the agitation okay, right now really where is this? What is this? What does this feel like? Where, where's the holding? What does it feel like? What does it feel like in my body? Yeah. Can I breathe out with this? Yeah. Can I breathe in with this? Can I you know, not freeze up with this? Yeah. Not get rigid on it. And what is it that makes me freeze on it or rigid about it? Why do I get rigid about a view or an opinion? or an event, something somebody says, and it sticks there like a rock, like a fish bone in my throat. You know, I can't spit it out and I can't swallow it. It keeps nagging away. How does it happen? Yeah, so this coming, this ability to descend or you know, relieve or release self into the sphere of plane of becoming, so we come out of the rigid state, the locked state, into something that's more grand, magnanimous, agile, mindful, compassionate. Oh, yeah. And we, an understanding occurs, doesn't it? When that, when that happens, you know, understand what, where the, where the real uh, clinging is. And what co- what causes it? This is the fear of losing, fear of being overwhelmed, uh, fear of not getting what I want, fear of being somehow lessened. So I lock up. This is the the you know the seduction, the possibility to get something that could be really good and have this myself. You know. A grip, hold on to that. Then you can feel the energy locks into that. So in meditation, we're working in, on energy, you know, so we're able to moderate when it gets very intense. Just breathing in, breathing out, 
hugging up. Uh, and the skills that revolve with that, being able to widen one's focus is enormously helpful. Because yeah, when energy locks up, you get very, one gets very tight and, and, and there's a contracted sense to it. So opening up the whole body, the palms, the hands, the feet, the face, walking meditation, breathing in, breathing out. So you breathe in, breathe out, you breathe out into something larger. To me, this is one of the key points of it. It's not about getting some tiny little point in the end of your nose that you get focused on, but the, the sense that we breathe out. Yeah. Yeah, do, do you recognize what that, you know, what that means? <laughs> it's a simple thing. But when you breathe out something that feels like me here, actually expands and suffuses and diffuses into something else. I can breathe out. I'm not just kind of bottled up. And there's a tremendous, uh, when you're attuned to that, there's a kind of real psychological and emotional meaning to that. I can breathe out. I can breathe in. You know, there's something out there that I can take in and be nourished, be lifted by. I don't have to do it all on my own. So this, to me, is one of the meanings of anapanasati. It's simple, really. We we tend to try to make it more, and but approach it very much from the the way from the structuring of self. This is where I think it goes wrong. So the structuring itself is always to try to find something that's this finite, hard, definite, secure, stable, steady mind. Hold it. There's a will that goes into that. Oop. And you know, and you can do it. Not always on mindfulness of breathing, but because it's difficult. You can do it on an idea or a thought, project, you know, boom. And there's a kind of concentration that occurs with that. And if it's a, it's like a hypnosis, you know, you're, you're, gal, you're galvanized into something, and it's um, that to me is is a model of how self gets structured around things, you know, around ideas or possessions. You know, we we get magnetically pulled onto something, and it's a it's a very rigid and contracted state, and. I really don't, I don't recommend this for meditation myself. I really don't, you know, because some people can do it, but I don't, I don't recommend it. Because uh, it seems to be building up an enlightened self, or apparently enlightened self. You know? And then it gets dogmatic, and I am this, and I know this, and... and um, there's a hardness to that. And it particularly becomes uh, completely um, irrelevant whenever you ent- when it's any kind of communal um, experience. Because yeah. it only operates here, me. When I'm doing it on my own. You come into this and it's, you can't operate like that. It's just it's like... You know, just become a load of billiard balls clashing against each other. So then does community life, other people, not just community, but even other people, does that become a complete obstacle to our practice? If it does, 
then I'm suggesting that the, our practice is severely limited. There's seven billion of us on this planet. You've got to get a long way to avoid people. And is that really, you know, is that, the, is that it? Is that what awakening is? You know, being able to handle the presence of other humans. Is, is that the, the best thing we can do with our lives? <laughs> you know, or do we kind of go into meditation, get psyched up, and then, okay, now I'll go and do my bit for the everybody else, and I, okay, I've now got back into this again. Is that it? It's like a stop-go thing? Is that the best we can do? Say, so, okay, now we give up meditating, go and do some community work, and be nice, and so forth. But really, you know, the idea is do that for a bit, and you get back to this bit where you can do the, your real practice. Is that it? Now, I'm not saying, you know, that uh, something wrong with being on one's own or having time. I think it's incredibly valuable. But um, really, you know, the integration of practice is so we can, there's the, there's the inner, the outer, and there's no, there's no snagging in that. See, so when, when you're on your own, you're still meeting bits of you that don't fit in to the model, right? Sure, we all recognise this. The bits of me, bits of us that probably aren't monks or nuns or anything. You know? There's some wild beings in there, yeah. So, you know, exterminate. First human strategy, you know, that we exhibit on the planet. Exterminate. <laughs> this is a, seems a very common policy. Surgery. Cut it out. Exterminate. You know, it works. Yeah. But, um, you know, when you start doing that around the world around, and then there's a kind of shutting off of other people, and then finally you're shutting off of bits of yourself, bits of your karma, your parka, whatever you like to call it, your energies, um, moods. You know, it's quite a radical thing to be doing. And it doesn't seem really that much more enlightened than any other form of um, extermination that, that human beings do. So, and then, as we all recognize, you know, we, we come into Sangha's community. It's about, um, we have to live in fellowship, both in terms of the monastics and in terms with the lay people who support we're, we're, we're in a whole system here a network is it just a nuisance so that you put up with you know if we you know just to 
But to approach this from the point of view of practice rather than the point of view of making a social world, I don't see this as a big you know, social project, but very much a contemplative project is to begin to you know, use the, the larger sense of what we're in as something to feel how, how, what light it shines on me, my resistances, my fears, my judgments about myself. I'm not as good as he is, I'm not as nice as she is, I'm not as this is that, I'm not getting what he's getting, I'm getting more than the, the, the jealousies, the guilt, the regrets, you know, the doubts, the self-measurements of oneself and others. Very common thing, you know, am I okay? Am I liked? Am I approved of here? Am I doing my bit? Mm. So it does bring up a lot of stuff, doesn't it? But also, beyond that, it's uh, developing the skill of being able to widen into the larger sphere of being. Where we can uh, we start to witness the myself arising, and also start to sense you know, other people's selves arising. It's a place of deep listening, and what holds that is the quality of uh, compassion, like wide form of awareness and when you when you, you hold that then it's a way of recognizing these karma formations these potencies, these kind of potent forms that want to, you know, grab hold of something or somebody or reject or push away or dominate or or quarrel with or compete or contrast. Is that that's that particular quality? Is that happening? Is my sense of you know oh, now I can let that rise and pass into the larger quality of awareness. This is my opinion arising. Mm-hmm. This is his opinion arising. This is his irritation or his fire, his energy. This is the, you know, you begin to feel these, sense these things without finally, you know, zipping them up as that's him, this is me positions, you know. It's her, she's one of those, boom, got her number. This is me, position. Because the thing is, when we ever do that to somebody else, what immediately happens is, if I fix somebody else, I get fixed. You you can't stay open and, and 
spacious if you're fixing somebody else. You know, the fixing quality affects the whole field. The grasping affects the whole field. So if I grasp you, then the grasping brings me into a, a grasped position. You know? So, so the the way we begin to, you know, interact, relate, is extremely um, significant. Of course, something that would like to do that. You know, I'd like to have you as always there, ni- you know, friendly, nice, warm. Gotcha. Then I feel ah, oh, I feel safe. I feel fine. I've got my mates. You know, great. That happens. I enjoy that. And then, you know, shift and oh, it's gone. He's gone, she's gone. We disagreed. I didn't quite get that. He missed the point. She didn't like that joke or whatever it was. Oops, we're in this kind of wobble again. Oh dear, lost it, you know. <laughs> and then it kind of, you know. And then one could start to then fix again. Oh, I'm an idiot or, you know what's the matter with him or something, because it's, it's gone, oh dear. You know, you feel it's drift, draining away from that nice place where I was stable, and now it's going, breaking up into something else, so this kind of unpleasant feeling of, oh. you know? And how many times does that happen? You know? you know, aren't we always kind of breaking up in some ways? Mm. Because this is, you know, you can see the kind of radical impermanence of, of, of self. The field of being is just a continual, like a sea. And there's these waves, crests, that structured into self. You know, these energies in this field. And selves get, cells get formed out of it, and then they, like the waves, they break up. And this is happening internally. You know, when you just witness your own mind, your own heart, your own processes, stuff is coming up and then you're in something and you are something and it's caught you and you this is the way it is and I'm one of these and I want to do and then oh bit of a some work and oh it's oh oh it's not there. Oh really oh you know, you're open to something bigger. So just to kind of Acknowledge those those places, those territories, and to recognise the the shifts between the wider sphere of being and the more um, formed sense of self is a significant one. This is where, when it's when it rushes, when it precip- precipitates, when it hurtles, this is where the compulsive, the karma formations really suddenly get electric. And there I am, being somebody, you know, in my act, and I don't even know it's happened. And it's tight, and I'm speeding along, and it's convincing, and you are this, and I am that, and everything feels very firm. And, um, you know, there's, that's, that's a karma formation. That means we plugged in. The charge, the charge of karma is now running. And now, in that mode, this is where I'm going to start putting down some footprints, some thumbprints, doing karma, you know. And that's going to feed back and, and strengthen those patterns. We're going to create the, the grooves or the ruts that, that the energy runs down. And that's going to form me. Mm-hmm. So this is very, you know, this is significant stuff. 
Because whatever you get into, this means you get more potential to go that way. So, so if you begin to see some, experience some of these things, you recognize that the, the field of being has these tremendous currents, latent tendencies, uh, well up and propel us into, propel us into form. And one, the, uh, one nice little bit of teaching uh, is that you know, very simple piece of teaching as well. Okay, this is what happens when we, we move from this field of being into a form self. Instead of operating through latent tendencies, to use that to crystallize around, why don't we operate through paramita? In other words, you begin to reform. So here's the paramita, like, oof. Generosity, uh, virtue, ethical sense, wait a minute, that's the right way. Renunciation, ability to simplify, uh, recognize, yeah, whatever it is, I can be without that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Patience, energy, discernment, loving kindness. Resolution, equanimity. No problem. Might have missed one. Anyway, look it up in a book. But uh, the theme is there. Essentially, you 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 have these kind of principles that to to generate self around. And that's that's a, that's a nice skill. You know? So you can feel the energy of taking form to become something here. The, then could I just um, constellate around loving-kindness means uh, not necessarily um, a kind of huge welling up of positive feeling but a sense of you know, well-being, spaciousness, non-aversion could I constellate around um, patience or ability to wait and let things happen you know, let things take their time let them come up let them take their place Constellate around uh, virtue, you know. Is this really a skillful way to speak right now? Mm. So I think these parameters are important, you know, daily recollections that help us to take form in a skillful way. So we're actually taking responsibility for how we form recognizing we're going to form into self, let's take responsibility for it. It's not just a random process. Hmm. To my mind, one of the, perhaps the founding principle of this is is to have that sense of the the wider sphere of being in which uh, karma karmic potential where's karmic potential 
This is not just an idea. We will do this, actually. We don't necessarily know we're doing that. We have both our attention focuses on a point, yeah? but it also has a peripheral sense. We're aware of a point within something else. You know, when you walk along, uh, you're aware of body walking, and you're also aware of what you're walking through. It's, it's soft. It's peripheral. You only notice it maybe when something in that visual field or peripheral field moves, and you feel it, you feel yourself, you know, what's happening. You recognize that part of your awareness was out there feeling it. And you can accentuate that. And you can begin to deliberately tune into the sense of what's around me, rather like your cat with whiskers. You're walking along as if you've got long whiskers, and you're just sensing the space, sensing the atmosphere. Uh-huh. You're not picking. You're not looking at anything in particular, but you're open to that. Uh, but within that, you've got your center, like a central line or a central axis of your body. So you're not losing one for the other. You hold the two together. This is the me bit, doing my finite, definite thing, and there's this larger sense which is not really formed. There's no particular object to it. It's just a larger enlargement of openness of awareness, the perceptual field is very wide and you can widen it and widen it and what that does is it gives you a much broader foundation than just the particular line the particular one point so you're driving a car you know if you're driving a car Obviously, you're focused on operating the car, where you're going, but you also got a wide peripheral field of what's happening around, you know, whether somebody's going to come in out of the corner. And it's, it's very operative. When you're driving, of course, you're actually looking for objects, but you recognize that you can be focused on where you're going and yet still have your ears, your senses open to random input. It's just the recognition that you know, you don't have to be somewhere else. You don't have to lose the point in order to have the wider picture. You know, the, the point actually sits within a wider picture. When we meditate, of course, we're not we're not looking for anything else. But still, there's that you know peripheral quality. That's the nature of uh, of mind of consciousness. It both has a point and a field that it refers to things within. It's spatial. It's also temporal. We have the present moment, yet every one of us knows what's going to happen. You get that sense of, where's this going? And actually, in, in meditation, you're asked to strengthen that. So if you're being with the breathing, you both know the particular moment, this particular breath, you're also with the larger sense of the whole realm of breathing, the breathing, how the body's feeling, um, you know, whether it's an inhalation or an exhalation. So it's the moment, but also a wider sphere. So just to recognize that this is a uh, um, you know, standard practice, um, and both in daily life and in meditation.
said in meditation you're very much steadying that, that wider field and you're not occupying with anything and looking for anything you just uh, use it as something that gives you a, a perspective and that helps energy to feel um, balanced if all if your energy just focuses on comes down to one point it gets very intense driven charged up if it's got the sense of the wider thing then there's a continual ability for the energy to suffuse so you don't get the you know the the, the kind of intense charge you get something that's much more balanced and in that balanced place you can begin to release um, you know tensions or whatever and you can begin to draw in qualities of the peacefulness or the formlessness of the wider sphere and you know smooth out the disturbances in that this is this is very significant because it's in this wider sphere that the latent tendencies are like the currents or the undercurrents so one needs to be able to sense that and clean allay smooth that out the energies of that out so that then in fact one's a one's attention can drop even further into stillness but uh, meditation is also about view or discernment panya or vipassana as it's sometimes referred to which is um, also a very um, widening one's awareness so very obvious thing of, of panya is, is to recognize that the present whatever's happening but we see it in the wider we understand as oh, this too will change yeah. that's that's that simple that's a bit of panya as this it's happening right now it's true it's happening it, it too will change it just takes the edge off of how one relates to that experience doesn't it and you know and whatever happens in the future will be changing so rather than you know we'll, we'll get to the good bit in the future you know that whatever happens in the future will be fundamentally of the same nature so it um, helps to to alleviate expectation fear um, worry and this is really where a huge amount of my practice is because the nature of my uh, function tends to mean that I actually am sitting in this field most of the time you know the field of sangha and what could happen what should happen and what shouldn't happen and it's all well maybe but that could but that might not and what they think about this at you know in this monastery or in Thailand it's, it's a wide yeah and all of it's virtual it's all possibly could do might do might not and uh, you know you can't ignore it and you can't believe in it either um, and so through that particularly myself I've been aware of how something in me moves into that and then finalizes it this has got to happen or this is the way they are or this is what shouldn't ha shouldn't happen you know the fear we're moving towards catastrophe you know, or we're moving towards 
No, and I don't even think that. <laughs> to me, it's always moving towards catastrophe. <laughs> just, just you know, how long is it going to take? And yet, day after day, well, here we are. It hasn't happened yet. It must be, you know, <laughs> you know something in the, there's a real tendency to finalize the future. Hmm. But as they say, you know, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. <laughs> and she never sings. It's always, it's about to. Hmm. And it could be, and they're about, and this, this coming, going. Yeah. So, but within that, because uh, nothing in that virtue ever actually really crystallizes. We begin to witness in the wider field the uh, tendency towards, you know, doubt or depression or agitation or expectation. And it's remembering, whatever it is, it will be other than you think it. Whatever it is, it won't be what you're, what you're conceiving it to be right now. Whatever it is, it'll change. Whatever it is, it will be um, dukkha, inconstant, and it won't, it won't be a self. It won't crystallize into this hard, finite form. It will be open-ended. Whatever it is, it will be open-ended. Yeah. And just kind of practicing that, because the scenarios that mind conjures up are always, well, not always, but there's tendency to, there's, there's, there's the way it's going to be. The picture is, is inked in, etched in, the future. You know? And when the energy is of worry or fear, it's like that, it's always like that, I'm like this, I'm a, they're like that, and that's, oh, got it. And there's something incredibly powerful and magnetic about that pull into, into um, a kind of a strange clarity, a fixed clarity, which is not a clarity of discernment, it's a clarity of, of, of opinion. Got it. Even if it's a nasty opinion, there's something... You know, hypnotic about that. That now I know where I am. So now I know where I am. Now I can start doing strategies about how to operate within this. And this is maybe the whole pantomime of our life is doing this. You know, the heroes and villains that we create, the paradise, the heavens and hells that we create. And I'm pretty certain that that's <laughs> that's what rebirths about. You know, you spend a lifetime figuring out how to go to hell. Yeah. And then, you know, okay, got it. Now go there. <laughs> yeah. From if if you're in that in the negative, or how to go to heaven, or somewhere else, you know, some other part of the planet, or you know. And that you recognise, like if you see in the present moment, really, something you're really close up to, very giving full attention to, with right now. Is that actually finite? Is it fixed? Can it be fixed? So if the thing you're being with right now is not fixed, how can it be that way in the future? And we've all had a past, you know. And could you have expected 
three years ago this would be what was happening? Could you have expected these people would be here? Could you have expected you'd be in this state? No. So we're always moving from the possible to the tentative to the possible. <laughs> and something in us is actually trying to continually concretize and stabilize that so that we feel okay. And it doesn't work, so we don't feel okay because we can't make it like that. So actually, why don't instead of keep trying to make it like that, why couldn't we actually let it be the way it is and just learn to adjust to that? So the op opening into the field where things are virtual, possible, tentative, and seeing, well, rather than aim towards finite, finite or, or forms, just aim towards making the energies that move in that field something you're conscious of and pleased with. Yeah. Well, it's simple, really, that which is pleasing, like, this feels graceful, this feels that this feels this. There's not the zap of compulsion. Yeah. And this is, so, once one's aware of that, how the larger field is, how everything arises out of that, then you're, Real responsibility is to be custodians of the field of being, of your own field of being, that actually includes everything that you bring into it. Everyone, every person you bring into it, every memory you bring into it, that's part of your field. It's not somebody else, it's, it's part of what you're, you're connected with that. And your, your responsibility is, can you be custodian of that? Mm -hmm. So the energy you bring across that is... You're with that. If you you learn from that, if you didn't get it quite right, oh, okay. Ah, you learn from it. So you don't get this terrible tearing uh, into dropping your dropping your awareness and just going into actions. And when we become custodians of the field of being, then it means that you you maintain your awareness of your your own center line your own axis, your own moment, your own present, your own, you know, the, if you like, the, the point, the center point. But you're holding that within a larger, a larger context. So, because if we drop this, then what we're doing something like social work, which is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about forgetting yourself and just going out as if everything else is real out there, but staying with this, so recognizing that everything out there is really connected to this here. And what's important is not whether out there is right or wrong or good or bad, but how I relate to that, how I am with that. That's where my karma is. This is where I can do the damage, the blessings. This is where I can get the release. So sometimes what's around us is, yeah, pretty... Cold, dark, confused. Okay. Yeah. And you see this, something comes up, so oh, stop it, change it, fix it, clear it, really sharp. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. 
not that one shouldn't do anything, but the, the re reactions to that. So equanimity, patience. Hmm. Is it perhaps it's like this right now? Maybe maybe this just has to be like that right now. So it be, so it's a way in which the you know you, you're learning to to f not to buy into the world or reject the world, but to to be responsible for the energies that come out into the, into that. This is crucial. Now this is where karma gets formed through the the, the re reactions when you generate karma. This is how a Buddha can manifest in the world and act without creating karma. Hmm? You wonder how that happens. How does a Buddha speak, do, act, say a tremendous amount of things, affect a tremendous amount of people, yet says has no karma? It's also you know, I think this is something that, that we recognize we, we did this retreat. We did quite a lot of reflection around using the contemplation of death. If we die, or something dies, and what dies is uh, what's finite, the thing we're holding on to. And it helps us to, to move into something more fluid. Mm -hmm. Is not to just lock on to depression or misery or abnegation. This is a, you know, we, the, the finite, the form breaks up into something that's, you know, when we do that, we feel freer. We feel present. We're no longer hanging on to the future. We're no longer storing up regrets or doubts or grudges. You know, we, we die. And we die gracefully and beautifully. And when we come into this, then you also recognize we were born, weren't we? Something keeps arising into form. And that's really a big thing, because uh, it's happened. I am the result of that, I can't. I didn't, you know, little me didn't decide to do it. It happened, the little me came at the end of that process. So, when we really understand death, we also get a feeling that the birth is something that is not just a historical um, accident, but a gift. And... Uh, it means that this this way in which I come into form has uh, as a potential. Eventually, it can't be stored up. You know, whatever I am is going to break up. That's not the point of birth. It's not to fixate a piece of ground or a piece of territory, but it's a, a potential that means these energies are taken up in a particular form. What do I do with them? We bring them into the field. We release the karma, we work out our karma in the field. So we allay and we release the, the tendencies in the field of becoming.
essentially this sounds very grand, really, but or abstract perhaps. But it's uh, to me what what differentiates you know contemplative life from just um, doing a meditation technique. You're, ta- you're taking on the full, you know, three, four, multi-dimensional experience, yeah, and changing your view around that, changing energies around that, uh, so that it it, uh, it releases, it comes into the plane of release rather than the plane of becoming, the, the plane of plane of being can release into something wider or, or than that. So just notice, particularly, you know, when we, we have uh, group meetings or we, um, you know, when we move from one form to another and there's that, what's happening? What am I supposed to do? What's going on? Um, you know? And as I notice this, say, you know, because generally in group meetings, I my mind tends to hold the group. And I'm, I'm going to be particular, I want to do just, uh-huh but not particularly focused on any individual, just what's around, you know, what, what's up, what's what's ne- what's vital, what's necessary here, what's important. Just kind of, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, we could see something, do, make, uh, fix, uh, make something happen, uh, stop something happening, um, make it good, uh, make it funny, uh, make it important. Make it serious, make it profound. Um, get out of here. <laughs> you know, just, okay. Just, uh, that's there, and we can, you know, just just allowing unraveling that till one feels some sense of it's okay. You know, it's okay to be in this this uh, field. You're not closing your closing down. Backing out, disappearing out of the window, closing your eyes, you know, wait till it's over. Actually, okay, is this a problem? Without having a particular point, just to be open, and then allowing the point to arise, like, um, this seems important right now, or I want to, I'd like to, I'd like to hear what you're saying right now. Or propose something, yeah. but not to somehow to to just the reaction to the rather formless, unsteady state of you know that I want to do, but uh, feeling comfortable in that, and then seeing what actually it might be, because a lot of our Processes are actually tentative, you know, well, this might be useful. Let's present that, see what happens to that. Maybe it's not. Um, this to me is, is, uh, is meaningful. Just to, you know, because we're often doing not very significant things. But just notice how very significant things can happen, you know. How, uh, you know, some washing up rotor, suddenly some quite powerful feelings can happen around that. Take that for example. 
somebody who feels a bit agitated, somebody who feels disappointed, somebody who feels, you know, um, quite powerful things can happen. So, and this is, uh, you know, the, the one of the interesting things about Sangha life, it's actually we're just in a sand pit, playing with our toys, really, on one level. We're not going to get fired, we're not going to make it a killing on the stock exchange, we have really big projects to do. And you know, you think, well, this is pretty nice, really. And you can go to a meeting and come out feeling totally snarled up. <laughs> uh, well, I don't want to live with these people, they're crazy, bunch of nuts. <laughs> what happened, you know? It should have been a doddle. And how did I get snarled up over cleaning the car or going to a dentist or tea towels or, you know, what happened? These tiny little things. Because actually in the open field, the latent tendencies are there. The feeling of, um, you know, nervousness or irritation or whatever it is. So quite significant things happen there. And there are places where one can learn, you know, this is my, what I want out of you. You know, I want, I want the feel-good thing out of you. I don't want you to just sit there. You know, I want some, you know, oh, okay. I can understand that. And do I really want to put energy into that? Can I come out of that? So that, um, and then the, the fear. Uh, I don't want to s- expose myself in this group. I don't want to come out with some remark that 16 people would go, what? <laughs> and challenge or, or cut me down, you know, or, uh, you know, so, so it can be a bit wobbly about saying anything. Yeah. There's quite a lot there, isn't there? And so, can I actually bring forth my bit, just like that? And can we do that together? Around these little, our lives, and see that there's actually something, in in just doing that, we can, we we can uh, cultivate paramita, non-aversion, we can cultivate enlightenment factors and so forth, and we can reveal and we can release these latent tendencies, the tendencies that form into ourselves. But being somebody with a sense of uh, becoming somebody is a practice, it's not just an accident. Thank you.